As promised, the Tennessee Titans will host the New York Football Giants later this week on a Sunday tilt, and we dive in, breaking down Giants offense versus Titans defense, where are the key matchups. Andy is going to give you that deep look there. Over on the other side of the ball, how do we stop? Let's be obvious. Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans offense. Can this young defense start to get some traction in game number one? All right, let's talk about the other side of the ball, and that's the New York Football Giants defense taking on this Tennessee Titans offense. And Ryan Tannenhill, obviously the return off of injury of one Derrick Henry, feels pretty self-explanatory. It starts with the run game for the Tennessee Titans. It's fascinating to go back and look. Derrick Henry missed half of the season last year. He's 28 years old. You can make the, you know, was that the beginning of the end for him? Even in the first eight games, still ran for almost 1,000 yards, but... Average yards per carry would have been his second lowest in his career at 4.3. You know, they, they, they work him. He is the workhorse back for them. And yet, they were still a top five team rushing last season because they just went in and threw bodies at the board there. And it's funny to look at when you go inside of their room here. One other side note that I thought was funny. You pull up the, the uh, depth chart for the Tennessee Titans and then you pull up the depth chart for the New York Football Giants. You know, it looks strikingly different. There's like three guys that are injured or out for the Titans. There's like 63 that have at the very least a Q next to their name for the New York football giants. The into the injuries and injury management just is such a, it's a real thing. It's a, yeah, it's like Harold giants. Landry, Harold Landry and Tommy Hudson, their fourth string tight end is, is on IR. And then the giants, there's like nine guys that you just go down the list. Yeah, Talking so. about the defense side of the ball for the giants, right? Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jihad Ward, obviously Ellerson Smith starting on IR along with Darian Beavers and Radarius Williams, Dame Belton questionable, right? And you carry that over to the offensive side of the ball. Just one of those fun footnotes where we can be a little depressed about the giants. And uh, we say one of the best medical staffs in the, <laughs> we don't know for sure. But the bottom line is, when you look at the offensive line, there's only one area of weakness. The reason why this team was so successful running the football last year, even after Derrick Henry went down, is because you have stalwarts at basically three key positions. Lewin is very consistent at left tackle. Ben Jones is an absolute, like a Hall of Fame caliber center in the middle of that line. And then you have next to him on the right guard, Nate Davis. Now, what's interesting to me is, you have Nicholas Petit-Furry, who's obviously coming out, and then you also have Aaron Brewer at left guard. If there's two areas, and I'm thinking about how the Giants can start this game properly, and ultimately what I think is the most important piece, it's the front. Like you just mentioned at the top of this show, Leonard Williams restructures his deal, puts in the voidable year, gets a big bonus. Okay, he's a captain. Dexter Lawrence, also a captain. Now we'll find out later in the week, where is Kayvon Thibodeau? We expect that he's going to be able to go. How much is there? Aziz Ojolari, as I mentioned, has a question mark too. I don't care. I don't care that you cut you know, uh, Blake Martinez and moved off of him. When you look inside the defensive unit for the New York football giants and that front up there, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, Aziz Ojolari, Kayvon Thibodeau, O'Shane Ximenez, who while his role I think is more narrowly focused, Needs to have a needs to have a function inside of a game like this. Then you get into the Nick Williams of the world, the Jihad Wards, veteran, experienced in Wink Martindale's system. They need to be able to razor focus, attack two areas of potential weakness for the Tennessee Titans line, 
and do one effective thing. Blow up the middle of that running game. Do not allow Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill, more importantly, to hand that ball off and get the four to five yards that they've been able to so consistently get on a game-to-game basis over this tenure with this tandem there underneath, uh, obviously, Vrabel as the head coach. Like, you have to be able to stop that first. Derrick Henry is obviously a big boy. And if he gets out on the edge, he still has all the physicality and still the quickness to do it. But I, I, I do not see a world where this defense can have success in the biggest area that I think they can take advantage of ultimately if this defensive front doesn't do its work at the point of attack. Yeah, so uh, that just made about 10 other questions pop into my head because we know that Wink Martindale likes to bring pressure and get to the quarterback and make the quarterback have questionable decision-making. But in order to have that, it's the chicken or the egg. You have to be able to stop Derrick Henry to be able to put the ball into Ryan Tannehill's hands. So my question to you is, yes, you need to stop him up the middle. What what do you think is going to be the key? Like, or which players are going to be the keys? Because the Giants probably aren't going to be able to stop Derrick Henry with their three defensive linemen. They're probably going to have to bring others into the fold. Who's the person that you think is going to be critical to like getting up into the box to be able to support Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence to be able to stop Derrick Henry? Because three guys can't do it on their own, right? Well, it's funny because, too, when you think about uh, the linebacking quarters exist right now, right? Carter Coughlin, Micah McFadden, Tay Crowder, not exactly big boys, right? Not exactly physical thumpers that you think are going to be in there. So some of it's going to be stopping by committee, in my opinion. And ironically enough, now we know that Tony Jefferson signed to the practice squad is probably going to get elevated. We don't know for sure about him or about Moreau. Is it going to be week one automatically? But I think Jefferson should be there. But I actually, man, like, hey, listen, and we talked about it before on the podcast. The guy that I actually think makes a lot of sense in this is Julian Love, right? He is the guy out of that safety room that has the physicality that's clear. He's grown into the leadership role. He's a captain on this team. And if I'm thinking between all of the, the weapons that you have on the back end and knowing that Dane Belton isn't going to be fully healthy yet, and we're going to get to Xavier McKinney, as you mentioned, key pieces in these defenses that have similarities. Julian Love is the guy that is a smart, football player that if we're talking about versatility don't be shocked if you just see him drifting in down towards that box and adding another body into that group listen the Giants line up in a 3-4 I'm not entirely sure that you're not going to see more often than not four guys with their hand in the dirt for the Giants in this matchup because it just makes more sense want to shut down the run first and then if we want to try to protect the edge and we're getting on the outside for the running game I'll trust my speed. I'll trust my athleticism from our linebacking position. But Julian Love coming down to the box makes a ton of sense to me because then it's going to allow Xavier McKinney to do what I think he does best. He's an all-phase safety, but do what he does best. Stand back, watch where the play is coming, and then go like a missile at those and hopefully have opportunities as you start to get some pressure when we look over at that passing game, excuse me, for uh, Tannehill. Yeah, what what I was going to say, Adam, was also it feels like, to your point, because it's not just going to be three guys with their hands in the dirt. Don't be surprised if you see a little bit of Justin Ellis in there making yes. plays. DJ Davidson is probably going to yes. get some reps. We're going to have to have those guys rotate in because we do need that bigger size. Because without Blake Martinez, without Darian Beavers, we don't have it at the linebacking position. So you have to manipulate and manufacture the roster that you have against the team that you have. So that, to me, you know, as you said, four guys in the dirt. Look at that rotation to turn around. Because to your point, then that lets us focus on Ryan Tannehill and the passing game for the Titans, which... Um, you know, I think you're going to tell us a little bit more about. 
Well, I mean, listen, it's so funny, man. Like, you know, we always want to knock. We talk about Tannenhill as being, ah, I wouldn't want him to be my quarterback. All right. But, you know, I got this. I'm, I'm like looking over the stats since he became a Tennessee Titan. 70, 66, 67 completion percentage. By the way, maybe most importantly, 7 and 3, 11 and 5, 12 and 5. That's his record over three seasons with the Tennessee Titans, right? He wins ball games. He protects the football. Well, he's done 22, 33, 21. Last year was a bit of an ugly one, you have to acknowledge, after Derrick Henry went down, which is what gets me a little bit excited about a game like this if Henry is not able to get himself fully going. 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. And over those last three seasons, never eclipsed 4,000 yards. They're not a pass-first offense. And we can double down on that a little bit more here because there are some things, some things that the Titans don't have this year that are not going to come on the field at any point. Over 150 targets are not in the receiving core for the Tennessee Titans this year in Julio Jones, kind of a footnote, A.J. Brown, major footnote, right? A.J. Brown goes over to, unfortunately, our division rivals in the Philadelphia Eagles, but he had 105 targets, 63 catches, 869 yards last season, and again, only played in 13 games. Oddly enough, just as we're talking about the Eagles eventually this season, A.J. Brown has a hard time staying healthy, something to keep in mind. But you lose 150 targets, and the replacements for this, in theory, are possibly exciting and dangerous, and there's one that I do want to focus on. But by and large, nothing should scare you if you are Wink Martindale when you look at the receiving core for the Tennessee Titans. They bring in Robert Woods, had injuries last year, coming over from the Rams, 30 years old. It's a flyer in a lot of ways. If he gets back to it, fantastic. If he doesn't get there... He's just a guy that couldn't quite make it back after another injury setback. The only other guy, there's two things here that I actually find fascinating. Traylon Burks is the rookie. I'll find him interesting because he's a big-bodied boy. This, I think, is the Aaron Robinson matchup. The, hey, you have speed, you have some size, you need to be able to go take on a rookie-wide receiver and effectively shut him down. We're going to leave Adoree Jackson to start on Woods, make sure that he's not a problem, and then work down the list as you see fit. But what I do find interesting is, and I'll let you hop in here, Andy. I do find it really interesting that a guy like uh, Nick Westbrook-Akini, who like only scratched the surface in my mind of what he's going to be capable of. Last year, when you look at what he did from a stat standpoint, again, understanding you didn't have the run game involved here. He's 25 years old, and in his second season, 38 catches on 57 targets, 476, and four touchdowns. I think that he is like the quiet you know, next leap player here that it'll be interesting to see how those matchups go for Wink Martin. And I'll, I'll talk about the secondary overall, but how, what's your, are you bullish on the lack of talent in this wide receiver group? Uh, I don't see it exactly the same way that you do, Adam, but of course that's why we have our different perspectives. Yeah. I, I wonder, and this is just a question I have for you. Obviously in their, in this point in their career, AJ Brown is way more explosive and way more talented than Robert Woods. Yes. However, before getting injured, Robert Woods, if you look at his stats from oh, in, yeah. in 2018, he had 86 catches. In 2019, he had 90. In 2020, he had 90. He was on pace for almost another 90 catches again. He's a possession-type receiver. And listen, don't get me wrong. A.J. Brown is a great wide receiver. He had over 1,000 yards back-to-back seasons with 11 touchdowns in 2020 and 8 touchdowns in, in, in 2019. 
But you, but know, you could let, argue that Woods has been the more consistent player over his career. And, and you talk about Tannehill having high completion percentage. Tannehill yep. likes to get the ball out. Short, quicker possession type guys seem to jive better with what he is. So maybe you could say A.J. Brown was underutilized. And I think that's what the Eagles are hoping for by going to acquire him. Yep. And maybe the Titans are saying, give me Bobby Woods, the possession wide receiver that's going to get me 90 balls because we need a security blanket rather than to blow the top off of a defense. But we also have guys that are in the building and first round picks that could flourish and give us 80% of what AJ Brown gave us to begin with. Oh, that's fine. Listen, like I'm not even like, I'm not saying that woods is done. It's just, you know, you combine the injury with being 30 years old and there's going to be, you think there could be some drop out there. And even if there's not though, a Dory Jackson, go do your job. Right. Like Bobby woods is not in the top X number of wide receivers. I'm not taking away from him. And if I say, if I said he's not in, these aren't even numbers I'm, you know, He's not in the top 10 of wide receivers. Doesn't mean he's not in the top 15, right? Doesn't mean he's not right there behind it. But you're a Dory Jackson. You are a number one shutdown corner. That's what your expectations are. If you're not that this season for the Giants and Wink Martindale, that's it. Wrap it up. Fold up the tents, friends, because we're not going to be able to do anything as a defensive unit. So I have to have a Dory Jackson take on that matchup and win that challenge with consistency. And maybe as you mix and match, if you know, it's hard for me to say it early in this season. You know, if Aaron Robinson can show that he's capable, we know he has the speed and the strength and the size. So it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. I actually, but the, the reason why I kind of look at it and I don't get too scared is another guy that we haven't like overlooked, but I just think that we, we we're so focused on the areas of question marks. Something that we keep forgetting is Darnay Holmes has been excellent this preseason and excellent in this camp. So where do you want to have these matchups line up? Like, I don't feel uncomfortable with Robert Woods rotating around the formation and saying, I still think I have two plus matchups from here, two matchups that can go toe to toe with him. Let me put it that way. Woods is going to get his numbers in a, in a game like this, but Traylon Burks is a big receiver. That's a rookie that we have to wait and see. I'm a little curious about the size there. And I mentioned like a guy like Westbrook Akini, I think that's the question mark is the hierarchy of where these go. And then even, you know, you can make the case that the more interesting, and we talk about like quiet X factors, it's Austin Hooper, right? Tight end. We know Atlanta Falcons been around the league. Here's a guy that I get really curious about from the standpoint of, let's bring it back to Blake Martinez. They release the guy that's a spear and he can dive down in there and get those run game stuffs, et cetera. Tay Crowder is a player that we've also talked about as being someone that would benefit eventually, we hope, with a healthy linebacking core of having a more versatile role. I feel more confident in the athleticism and range of our linebacking core this year, even if it lacks a lot of depth, than I did the year prior, even just from Micah McFadden. So I'll be curious to see how do the Tennessee Titans approach attacking the Giants defense, to your point, Quick routes, get the ball out of Tannehill's hands, keep that percentage high. Okay, fine. But from a secondary perspective, and you said Wink Martindale likes to bring the pressure. I have no doubt that he's going to. But also, I expect to see a lot of just area coverage. In spite of putting guys on an island man-to-man, that linebacking core and the versatility that if Thibodeau is healthy and out there, I expect to see him dropping back at times. Third and longs, third and distances that make a lot of sense for us. I want to cover that space. I want to use an improved athleticism on our defensive side of the ball to say, make your completion. We believe we can get there. We can swarm and make the sure tackle and get some you know, quick three and outs, get some stops on third downs. I think that that's the approach that the Giants take here on this, understanding that if you can stymie the run game and force 
Tannen Hill into more passing situations, now the pressure can start to build. Now those looks can come. But I'll be curious, man. Like, we know what Wink Martindale is. Do you think that it would make sense in a game like this for Wink to be calculated in when he starts to bring it heavy and hard? Because I do see this thing of if you bring this pressure consistently right out of the gates, you are risking some level of exposure in the passing game if they can get the ball out of their hands. And just a defense that we know I think is still learning and is still growing again. I I just don't think it's in Wink's DNA to do that. I think I know, he just says, let's just go full bore some all out. And, misses and, and, and some and, home run hits, right? Yep, they're going to hit a couple home runs, but we're hoping that we could cause chaos and maybe there's a turnover to offset the home run that we give up and get our team in position to win. Well, what my, The last question that I have for you is, yeah. Xavier McKinney, now a leader on this team, has the green dot, will be calling the plays, what do you expect to see from him or or more importantly what do you what are you hoping to see from him out on the field on Sunday yeah you know what and it can tie into Julian Love a little bit right you're on the back end of this defense community now we we don't know if Tony Jefferson gets elevated where does he fit into the rotation but whoever's there with him potentially if it's not single high if you're back there that green dot means hey when you see that they are going into looks like it's going to be a draw play looks like it's going to be a run you need to be able to signal to that, that handoff safety if it's his job to get down there in the box. You also need to be communicating on the outside. Where is the coverage going to go? Where is the help going to be for Adoree Jackson, for Aaron Robinson? I'll be honest with you. What happens with Aaron Robinson on the outside is going to be reflective of him as a cornerback, but it can also be reflective of Xavier McKinney because his job is to mitigate the risk. When Wink says, we're going for it, it's Xavier McKinney's job to cover up the potential exposure on the back end of this defense. So I'd like to see him play instinctually. I'd like to see him be able to come down near the box, communicate with the linebackers, and then drop back, right? I expect Xavier McKinney, Xavier McKinney excuse me, to be very mobile in a game like this. And what I mean by that is just I want you down near the box pre-snap. I want you fading back. I want you with enough speed and athleticism and what you are as a player to be able to disguise where you exist in this defense because that's how I think you have an effective when you look at a quarterback like Ryan Tannenhill, how are you effective against him? How do you cause turnovers? How do you cause mistakes? You have to confuse him. He's a smart quarterback, but he's not the best in terms of skill set. So you need to put him into a situation where he thinks he has the opportunity, and you as Xavier McKinney, you take it away. You get your teammate in the right position there. So I'll be really fascinated to see how that trickle-down effect happens and also how that communication line follows through from Xavier McKinney up to the defensive front because in between them is what? Tay Crowder, Carter Coughlin, Micah McFadden, right? Maybe Cam Brown. Didn't even mention him. I think Cam Brown could get rotated in here. And there's one more point I want to make, but but that matters too. The relay matters here. And I think Tay Crowder, at least having experience as a starter in the NFL, that could help because he's been there with Xavier McKinney and hopefully they've built that relationship. So I can't put that pressure on Carter Coughlin who hasn't been getting significant runs on the defense or on a rookie like Micah McFadden who you don't necessarily want to give the learning curve of Week one, you need to be the key link in this chain. Yeah, we talked about how the second, uh, you know, all offseason it's been, oh, the safety position in the secondary is very, very thin. Now all of a sudden with Beavers going out and Blake Martinez no longer on the roster, you're like, actually it's linebacker that's very thin. Like that inside linebacking is yeah. razor thin and it's with a lot of inexperienced guys. Like you said, even guys that have been around for a year or two, not haven't really, they've only been getting situational and rotational snaps like a guy like Aaron Robinson or Carter Coughlin. So like 
the communication is going to be key and and we're going to need some guys to grow up faster than what they what they maybe were going to be accustomed to a month and a half ago and one more sorry one more component of it is don't be surprised if there's an opportunity maybe for cam brown to get some reps because he's athletic and he has that range calitro's on this roster He's on this roster for a reason, and let's tie it all the way back around. When you release a player like Blake Martinez, Calitro is not him. Also, he's a veteran that has experience, and you saw that in preseason games. Understands how to diagnose plays, be effective, be in the right spots. I expect him to be leaned on in a game like this to just be Mr. Consistency, a model of consistency. Don't overdo it because Micah McFadden is going to make mistakes in his young career, right? Cam Brown, even if he gets chances, is going to make mistakes. O'Shane Ximenez is limited in what he's capable of doing consistently. So a guy like Calitro is going to play a big factor. I just, as we kind of, we'll push back from this. We're not going to give some predictions around stat lines and those types of things. We'll save them for later in the week. What we think is going to happen in this game where are you on this, though? Because we talked about it yesterday, how the Giants, when you look at their schedule, you can go, well, you know, yeah, there's some here, there's some there. But all those teams are looking right back at it and going, yeah, there's some opportunities here against the New York football Giants. Do you think that the Tennessee Titans are, are right on that edge of, oh, could they be taking a step back? And could the Giants catch them off guard, potentially? Not a lot of wins or losses, but just competitive game, right? Rep to rep, down to down, quarter to quarter. or are we underselling a 12-5 and five football team that had to adjust some things but is really well coached and has a veteran experienced quarterback, and this could just be, hey, we know how to win games, and we can do that against a team that is still learning what they're going to be. This is going to be an uphill climb for the Giants. There's no way around it. There, it's a reason why the, the Tennessee Titans are six-point favorites right now. They're playing at home. They play well at home. They have a great defense. They they are number one at stopping the run, and they were number one at running the ball. Those two old school things will always keep you in a game. What what I keep thinking about, and and you mentioned it before, and my mind just keeps going back to it. This offensive line still is the biggest question mark. We all say it's Daniel Jones, but the offensive line is the question mark. They have not gotten consistent reps together, Adam. When you have to go into enemy territory. And the crowd is going to be loud and drunk and excited about football being back. Can we get continuity across this line and not get false starts on the first possession? Like yeah. in my mind, I'm already seeing like it's second and five. We got a first good pass. And all of a sudden, Glowinski pops off, 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 off sides or false start or whatever. And all of a sudden we're back to, uh, you know, second and long, third and long. Really to me, it comes down to, can this offense get comfortable, not be jittery? Daniel Jones, make like you know confident assertive plays out in the pocket offensive line be able to be competent in the run game but also don't give up those false start penalties and just look like a unified unit to me it all speaks to what that offensive line can do if they are helping and they're a net positive instead of a net negative like they've been for three years then I think the Giants have a legitimate chance to win this game yeah, and listen, the uh, Tennessee Titans were a team that were still top half of the league in points per game, even in losing a player like Derrick Henry halfway through the year, right? They still won 12 games in spite of losing Derrick Henry. So when you think, as, as I, you know, stopping the run game, that's the first step in this process, but you can't be short-sighted and think, oh, well, without him. No, they showed last year they're capable of manufacturing success. It'll be fascinating to see how it goes. It looks like, from the bird's eye view, that Andy sees some opportunities in our wide receiving core to have success against the Tennessee Titans. The touches for Saquon will be a fascinating one to watch. And then 
On the defensive side of the ball, listen, old adages, right? Stop the run first. If the Giants can accomplish that, then the secondary, which has question marks, I think can still be successful against the core for the Tennessee Titans against Ryan Tannenhill. And we'll talk more about who could have a big play later in the week. At the end of the day, Andrew Makowitz, this was the double dose offense and defensive side of the ball. We still have our betting lines to do, our fantasy lines to do, and then predictions. How will Daniel Jones perform? You noticed we stayed away from individual performances. We'll throw some stats out as we move through the week. And gosh darn it, friends, again, it's the NFL. It kicks off this week. Like, I understand. Keep baby. driving that home. We get NFL football this week. Hopefully, you enjoyed it. Get it on the comments. See what you are concerned about watching for as we continue to break this down all week long. I oh, love it. Adam. Um, by the way, yeah, as you would want, need, and I guess, need demand that people know. I, Adam, Adam, I need a little bit more excitement. This is week one of the NFL season. I can't have you, we can't have these critical errors in judgment. We just talked about the offensive line. I need you to step up your game as well, my friend. You know what it was? Too much excitement. Got to stay within yourself. Got to get the reps. If I'm wearing the green dot, I got to be communicating properly. And we will see you again, breaking down all those additional details ahead of Sunday's tilt. And as Andy Makowitz would want, need, and nay demand the people know. As always, let's go big blue.